Hi there. Welcome to Stories That Made Us, where we continue with creation myths. We have a packed episode for you, beginning with the tales of the Bagabo of the Philippines and the Batak of Indonesia. They are promptly followed by the Banks Islands tribe of northern Vanuatu, the Bulu of Central Africa, and the Buryat of Mongolia and Siberia. Let's begin with the Bagabo. The tribe is one of the largest among the indigenous peoples of southern Philippines. They inhabit the land that extends from the west coast of Davao Gulf to the mountain ranges of Mount Apol. This is their story. The great Dewata, the god, first made the sea and the land. He planted trees of many kinds. Afterward, he took two lumps of clay and shaped them like human figures. These clay dolls became the first man, Tuglai, and the first woman, Tuglibung. The two were the only two humans in the world. They married and lived happily together. Tuglai made a spacious house and planted seeds of many kinds. Seeds that were gifted to them by God. The great Devata then made the sun and the moon. The two celestial bodies also became a couple and they lived together in the sky. Now, once upon a time, the sun had to leave the moon to go to another town. This was when the moon, his wife, was pregnant and was expecting the birth of a child. Before leaving, the sun advised the moon, If I am not here when our baby is born, please do as I say. If the infant is a boy, keep it. But if she's a girl, kill it. Time passed and it was long before the sun would come back. While he was gone, the moon gave birth to a beautiful child, a gorgeous baby girl with wild curly hair and nails like gold. Moon felt terrible at the thought of killing this lovely baby, no matter what the sun advised. So when she heard that the sun was returning home, she hid her daughter in the cupboard. The moment the sun returned, he asked about the child. What happened to our baby? Was it a boy or a girl? The moon mother replied, It was a girl, unfortunately. I killed her, as you said. Now, the sun only had a week to stay at home, and the moon thought that she could free her daughter once her husband leaves. The week proceeded smoothly. Sun never suspected that his daughter was hidden in the closet. One night, however, he dreamt of a little boy with white hair and piercing eyes. The boy claimed to have come from heaven. He stood close to the sun and demanded attention and respect. The sun presented the heavenly boy with gifts and offerings. Then the child spoke. Moon has had a baby, but it's a girl. Your wife is soft of heart and did not kill her child. She just hid the baby away from you in the cupboard. The sun woke up the next day and went straight to the cupboard. He was very angry at the moon 
and the two began to quarrel about the child. While the sun wished to kill the poor infant, the moon wanted her little daughter to be saved. We are to keep our lovely little girl, the moon urged. No, protested the sun. I cannot keep the baby. My body is too hot for the little girl. I would make her sick. After many arguments and protestations, Moon yielded to her husband. I cannot keep the child forever either, for my body is cold and dark. I would also make the child sick. Is there no one we could gift our child to? The son by now was angry beyond reason. In his passionate rage, he seized his sword. Maddened by anger, he slew the poor child, cutting the baby girl's body into many little bits, as many as the grains of sand that lie on the beaches. These little pieces he tossed out of the window, hoping to rid them forever. But the gleaming fragments sparkled in the night sky. The little girl became the stars of the dark. Meanwhile, on Earth, Tuglai and Tuglibung had a problem. The sun hung too low in the sky. This annoyed Tuglibung, who pointed at the deity and shouted, You go up high! I cannot pound my rice when you're in the way, emanating as much heat and light as you do. It is because of you that we are going hungry. Go up! up into the sky. The great Devata heard her laments and made the sun move higher, thus yielding to the first woman's wishes. Now these were the times when Tuglai and Tuglibung were rich, for they could see and hear God. But the evil serpent was there too, and it was this serpent who made the first man and woman eat the forbidden fruit promising falsely that the fruit would make them gods. This, of course, made Devata upset and angry. He left mankind to its whims. This is why we do not see God anymore. Eventually, Tuglai and Tuglibung had children. Their eldest son was named Malakai, and their eldest daughter was Bia. They lived at the center of the earth. Tuglai and Tuglibung made all the tools that we use today. Devata, meanwhile, continued with his creation. First, he made the giant eel, Kasili, and wound it around the world. He then made the enormous crab, Kayumang, and put it near the eel. When the crab bites the eel, the fish wiggles. It is these wiggles that cause earthquakes around the world. That concludes the creation myth of the Bhagavad. The next tale is a quick snippet concerning the Batak tribes. Their name refers to a group of loosely related Austronesian ethnic tribes that are predominant in northern Sumatra and Indonesia. Their name refers to a group of loosely related Austronesian ethnic tribes that are predominant in northern Sumatra and Indonesia. When there was nothing in the world, no creation, 
there still existed heaven and hell. There was also the earth, but it was a world with nothing but endless waters. Batara Guru was the lord of heaven or the upper world, and Mangala Bulan was the lord of hell or the lower world. The lord of heaven had two daughters. The elder was named Sorbayati, and the younger was Siporudik Parujar. Meanwhile, the lord of the underworld had a son, Raja Odap Odap. As the children grew up, it was ordained that Raja Odap Odap should marry Sarbayati, thereby uniting the upper and lower realms. Odap Odap, however, preferred the younger daughter of Batara Guru. Siboru Parujar was a damsel of extraordinary beauty. He thus rejected the elder sister and chose to court the younger. This brought Sobayati great shame, for she was the elder daughter and was to be married first. Unable to cope with her humiliation, the deity threw herself off the roof of Batara Guru's palace. Her body fell from heaven to earth, and it is from her that bamboo and rattan, an Indonesian variety of palm trees, were born. Raja Odap Odap, meanwhile, sought the hand of Siboru. She, however, had no intention of marrying Odap Odap, for he looked like a lizard. So she constantly spurned his advances, never entertaining the deity. Eventually, she decided to leave the upper world to escape Odap Odap's constant pursuit. After many unsuccessful attempts at hiding, Siboru descended to the middle world to conceal herself from her suitor. She pleaded with Mulajari Nabolon, the supreme god of all gods, for refuge. Now, Mulajari Nabolon doted on Siboru. He treated her like his own daughter. So when she asked for refuge in the middle world, he could not refuse. He thus created land, fixing it solidly on the back of a snake. This snake is Nagapadoha, the ancient water serpent. Nagapadoha has been bearing the weight of the world on his back since then. The goddess Siboru thus descended upon this newly formed land. There she took the shape of a beautiful woman. Raja Odap Odap, though, was quite persistent. He followed her to the earth and transmogrified to a handsome young man. Siboru fell in love with the human form of Raja Odap Odap. The two were finally married. From their union was born the first human couple, Si Raja Ihatmanisiya and Si Boru Ihatmanisiya. When these two human children grew up, they married, for there were no other men or women in the world. Si Boru Deek Parujar and Si Raja Odap Odap thus completed their task of bringing life to earth. They then retired to the upper world forever. Earth was left 
to their children. The retirement of the two deities broke the link between the middle, lower, and upper worlds. This is why we are unable to visit the other worlds. Nor do the gods and goddesses from the other worlds come to visit ours. The earth thus belonged to the first human couple. They settled in the village of Sianjur Mula at the foot of the mountain Pusut Puhit. They built a house to the west of Lake Samosir and founded a family. One of their children, Siraja Batak, is the ancestor of all Bataks. He received the first Tungal Panaluan, the magic divining wand, for he was ordained to be the first Batak diviner. This wand symbolizes the unity of cosmic principles. Siraja Batak had two sons, Guru Tatiabulan and Raja Isumbaun. They were both associated with the sun and the moon. From them came the eight fundamental Batak clans, five from Guru Tatiabulan and three from Raja Isumbaun. That concludes the creation tale of the Bataks. The next story is the origin myth of the Banks Islands people. They are inhabitants of a group of islands in northern Vanuatu. This is their story. In the beginning, the world was a bright place. There was light everywhere. Darkness did not yet exist. The light shone on the great mother Quadgoro, who carried the gods in her womb. One day, her stone womb burst open, releasing the great sun god Quat and his eleven younger brothers. All the brothers were named Tangaro, for each was a representation of human nature. The brothers grew up immediately, for they were born of magic and possessed divinity. They all agreed that Quat, the eldest among them, should be the one to foster creation. Thus, with a mandate to create life, Quat sought to make humans. He carved the first of us from different parts of a tree, making puppet-like figures. When he had six of these puppets, he lined them up and performed the holy dance. By and by, the puppets came to life. They opened their eyes and took a deep breath. They looked around and became the first people. When they stood, Quat once again beat the sacred drum and the puppets began to dance. This ceremony imbued their bodies with strength. It made their hearts beat and blood flow through their veins. Finally, Quat turned three of the six puppets to men and the rest to women. They became the ancestors of all humans. Now, one of Quat's brothers was Tangaro, the foolish one. He spied Quat and his creation enviously, for he wished to create life as well. Copying Quat, he also carved six puppets 
and danced them to life. The ceremony tired Tangara, who then decided to rest. So he buried the life puppets underground, promising to resume his work later. Unfortunately, Tangaro forgot all about the puppets. When he finally remembered his buried creation, he hurried back and dug them up. Alas, they were all dead and rotten. This is how death came to be in the world. And this is why we bury our dead. It's in remembrance of our ancestors who never lived. Quat, meanwhile, was unaware of his brother's folly. He continued with his creative work. After making men and women, he made plants and animals, rivers and mountains, tools and canoes. He sculpted the world as we see today. When he first made the pig, however, he made it so that the animal walked on two legs. It was a comical sight. His brothers made fun of him. The pigs look so silly, they said. They just look like dull humans. Guat did not like this at all, so he shortened the pig's legs and the animal began to walk on all fours. This is why the pigs look and walk the way they do. Once Guat was done with his creation, he asked his brothers for feedback. They immediately began complaining about the light. The world was too bright with eternal sunshine and no night. Quat had to remedy this situation. He got into his canoe and paddled to the end of the world. He had heard that there lived Oong, the night. Oong was completely dark and without any light. It taught Quat of sleep and gave him dark eyebrows. It showed Quat everything about the night. Finally, Oong gave a piece of itself to the sun god to take back to his world. This is how night came to be on earth. As Quat paddled his canoe on the way back, he stopped at the Taurus Islands in Austronesia. There, he exchanged a bit of night with the birds. He taught the birds sleep and rest. And since then, birds have always chirped at the break of dawn. They make us ready for the day. When he finally came home, the sun god found his brothers waiting anxiously to hear news of the night. Quat taught them and the rest of his creation to make beds. He made them lie down. Later, he released bits of night and slowly, the sun began to disappear. What's happening? The brothers asked, mortified. They were afraid for they had never seen the sun leave the sky. Quat comforted them and told all to be quiet. Soon darkness fell and the brothers drifted to sleep. At first, they were frightened of sleep. The brothers thought they were dying, but Quant reassured his siblings. It's only sleep, he said. You will wake up again 
to another beautiful day. Now, to bring back the sun the next day, Quat cut a little hole in the shroud of the night with a sharp red stone. Light shone forth through this tiny tear. When birds welcomed this light by chirping excitedly, the brothers all awoke. All deities and creation saw the red sunrise for the first time, and they were glad. All then began their daily work, and so it happens to date. Our penultimate tale takes us to Africa, where we discuss the origin story of the Bulu people. Bulu is one of several related tribes inhabiting the hilly and forested regions of Cameroon, Equatorial Guinea, and Gabon. These peoples are called the Fang. Bulu is a loosely defined term that implies one of the three major subdivisions of Fang. They constitute one-third of all the Fang living in Cameroon. Their story of creation is deeply affected by a negative self-image that dominated the African nations during the age of colonialism. Their story goes to great lengths to justify why the black people were subjugated by the white. It explains why they had to work tirelessly, engaged in manual labor. It rationalized why the whites owned land and wealth. Like many African myths, the creator in this story does his work and leaves men to their unfortunate fates. In the beginning, there was only Membei. He is the one who holds up the earth, causing the earth to exist. After a long time, he grew restless. The earth was empty. It was devoid of life. There was nothing to amuse the great god. Membei thus sent his son Zambe to create animals and men. Now, upon reaching the earth, Zambe fashioned man, chimpanzee, gorilla, and elephant. He named each of them after himself, thus calling them all Zambe. He created two men. One was black and the other white. Zambe gave many gifts to his new creations. Gifts to sustain and better their lives. He gifted fine things such as water, gardening tools, books, and most importantly, fire. The new beings were all intrigued by fire. They lit it up and stoked it. All men and animals then sat around the fire and wondered how to best live their lives. Now after a while, the fire smoke got into the white man's eyes, who got annoyed and left. He took all the books with him, hoping to read and to learn. Then the animals, the gorillas, chimpanzees and elephants, all left the fire and went into the forest. The chimpanzees began living in the trees, swinging from one to another. They were content. The gorillas inhabited the dense forests, eating shoots, stems and fruits. They too were content with their life. The elephants, just like the gorillas and the chimpanzees, 
went to live in the grasslands. They too found plenty of food and were happy to roam the lands and eat. As for the black man, he continued sitting where he was, just doking the fire. It didn't bother him that there were no books, for he was content to just keep the fire going. He was happy to keep himself warm. Now, after many ages, Zambe, the creator, came for a visit. He wished to see how his creations fared and developed. He called all the animals and humans together and asked what they had done with his gifts. Upon hearing the tales of the gorillas and the chimpanzees, Zambe was dissatisfied. You are content too easily. You do not think, nor do you care for improvement, he said. He then condemned the animals to have hairy bodies and big teeth. He made them live forever in the forest. Similarly, Zambe banished the elephants to the grasslands. Just like the gorillas and the chimpanzees, the elephants thought very little and only cared for matters that concerned themselves. Zambe now asked the black man what he was up to for all these years. Well, I have been stoking the fire and making the place ready for you to arrive. All I wish is for you to be happy and comfortable. So I've been working all day and night, every day, every year. When Zambe inquired about the books, the black man said, Oh, I was so busy preparing this place for you that I had no time to read. Well, said Zambe, then this is what you must continue to do. You will spend your entire life working hard, but this work will be for the comfort of others. Zambe then turned to the white man and asked what he had done with the gifts. The white man replied, Well, dear God, all I did was to read the books that you provided. I've done nothing else. I know of many things, but I do not have the skills to make them myself. Zambe heard the white man and said, Well, you will continue to read the books. You will know lots of things, but would be unable to do much yourself. You will need the black man to take care of you, because you will know nothing about keeping warm and growing food. It was thus ordained by the god that the animals will all live in the forests. The white man will sit about reading a lot, and the black man must work hard. But it is the black man who would always have a good fire going. We now move on to the final story of the episode. The Buryats are Mongolic people, numbering approximately 500,000. They are the largest indigenous group in Siberia and are mainly concentrated in their homeland, the Buryatia Republic a federal subject of Russia. Some Buryats also live in Mongolia in the northeast and Inner Mongolia in China. 
They are a major northern subgroup of the Mongols. Their creation story, like many others, begins when there was nothing but water on earth and one true god, the great Sombov. He saw the desolate water and wished to create. To this effect, he first created the water bird Angir. The great god then ordered the bird to dive deep into the endless water and only come up when it found Samad. The bird was gone a long time, but it eventually surfaced with two balls of mud in its beak. The first mud was black earth. Out of this, God Sombov molded the earth. The second mud was red clay. From it, the god made two wool-covered beings. They became the first man and woman. While Sombov had created the first beings, he did not yet bestow them with life, for God wished to obtain proper souls for mankind. He thus travelled to heaven to get the desired souls, leaving his dog in charge of the clay man and woman. Now while God was off to heaven, the devil Shiktur visited the earth. He sought to defile God's creation. Fortunately, the devil was promptly held off by the guarding dog. No matter what the demon tried, he just could not get past the canine. Eventually, after many futile attempts, the devil gave up trying to beat the dog. He decided to outsmart the poor animal. Now, this was the time when no fur existed, and so the poor dog was without any fur or wool. The dog thus shivered in the bitter cold of the earth, wishing for some warmth and comfort. The devil saw this. It came back to the dog and said, Look yonder! Do you not see the fur coat lying over there? The dog, though wary of the devil's intentions, could not ignore the chance to find some warmth. After warning the devil to not come near the clay man and woman, the dog went off to find his fur coat. The devil, of course, completely disregarded the dog's warnings. Not only did Shiktur come near the clay humans, he even spat upon them, thus defiling God's work. Eventually, the great god Sambhav returned, and he was furious. He vented his anger at the dog. He cursed the animal, condemning it to a life of shivering despite its newfound fur coat. Wherever the devil had spit upon the clay humans, the god had to clear the world to remove the curse. This left man and woman naked in all but certain parts of their bodies. The great god then sighed, for his creation was not perfect, thanks to the meddling devil and a gullible dog. He nevertheless bestowed life upon humans, the first man and woman then married and started a family. They became the ancestors to all.
Many generations had passed since the first ancestors walked upon the earth. Mankind now inhabited all of the lands. One of these men was Baryutai, a young hunter. One day, young Baryutai was hunting around Lake Baikal. While focused on the hunt, the young boy unknowingly came across seven beautiful girls who were frolicking in the lake. Baryutai silently approached them and was immediately besotted by the divine beauties. Finding an opportunity, he slipped close to them undetected and stole the clothes of one of the girls. After playing in the water, the girls eventually got up and got dressed. They then became swans and soared up into the sky, flying to the heaven that was their abode. The youngest girl in the group, however, was left alone, for she couldn't find her clothes. The poor girl sobbed quietly, distressed at being left behind. Baryatai then went to the sobbing girl and introduced himself. They eventually married Baryatai and the girl and had eleven children. The woman tried many times to reclaim her clothes, but Baryatai was afraid that she would abandon him and her children. He never let her have them, no matter how much or how often she begged him. One day, while Baryutai was out hunting, the wife finally managed to lay hands on her clothes, the same ones that were stolen by Baryutai a long time ago. Upon donning her clothes, she turned to a swan, just like her friends had done. She then flew away from the yurt where they lived and found her abode in the sky. The eleven children that she left behind became the ancestors of the Buryat. These then are all the stories that we have time for in this continent hopping episode. Like and subscribe to hear more tales. Leave a rating and a feedback. Your ratings and words help others discover the podcast. Engage with us on Twitter to keep up with the latest episodes and blogs. I hope you enjoyed the stories. Please do join us again next Monday for more scintillating stories of our world. Goodbye.